0: What's up, Internet? You're tuning in to episode 31 of the podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. Hello. <laughs> on this week's show, we're talking about <laughs> Bloodstained... I was just saying, you can tell we've just been trying for an hour. I'm <laughs> warmed up. <laughs> yeah, I'm already ready. We did After Dark first this week. It's 6.30 on a Tuesday or something. I don't know. Let's party. Uh, so, we're talking about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Dude. What's the same like original night? That'll do. Yeah, That's it. That's it. That's all we're talking about. No, we're talking about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, the new Nintendo retail store. And we're answering your questions in our main topic this week on the show. Steven, welcome back. Hello. What's going on, man?
1: N- nothing much. Just, just chilling out, buying cars I shouldn't be buying, and playing games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can learn all about that car on our After Dark episode, uh, whatever number it is that's coming out this week. I should probably learn the numbering of that show. Patreon.com
1: dot slash
0: <laughs> Shameless promotion. So uh, before I get into more plugs, let's 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 kick the show off by talking about what we're playing this week. Yeah. Um, you can go first because I'm gonna talk a lot.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I've I've been playing um, Catan on the Switch. You okay. Know, you know Catan? Yeah, the
0: I know Catan. And I know, I know you love the board game. I know I you were originally yeah. very excited by the port. You were underwhelmed by their previous effort. What was Carcassonne?
1: Yeah, Carcassonne yeah. was a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah. They didn't add online multiplayer, which was very disappointing. Uh, so how, I'm not...
0: how'd they do with Catan?
1: It's called online multiplayer. Um, okay. There's some issues with the online multiplayer. You can't play with friends. It's always random from what I can tell. Uh, and if you're not playing with people that are really in the game, uh, it can be very slow because you're waiting for them to roll the yeah. dice, waiting for them to place the pieces, which when you're Ooh. playing in, with people in real life, it's fine because you're drinking, you're chatting and you're like, oh, yes, yeah, you'll go, by the way. It doesn't matter. But when you're playing on a computer game, it's kind of like, hurry up, please. Yeah. And there's no you role kind play. of like. There's no real nudge mechanic. Um, you can, like, put up a graphic, but there's no, like, nudge, hurry up and go. And no countdown to, like, move the player on, which is a bit of an issue.
0: Hopefully that's something that they could patch in as, like, a timer or something. I,
1: I would say so, yeah. I also think it will get better as more people buy the game and more people play the game. Yeah. Uh, I found that it took a while for me to match make with uh, other people as well. It would be good I... if they could patch in some computers if there's not enough people around.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. You know what? You know what I feel like they should do is uh, back in the Xbox 360 days, there was um, they used to release a Magic the Gathering game on the Xbox Store every year, and I remember when you would play online, they had a great feature where there was a timer, and if you didn't take your turn, it would just make the the yeah, most make the
1: move for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uno on the on the Xbox did that as well.
0: And I like. I feel like that's like more than fair. Like to set that expectation of like if you're going to play online, you need to actually be like actively playing and taking your turn. Otherwise, like you should lose or like you should like a computer should take over for you until you pay attention.
1: Yeah, I agree, and it becomes even more of an issue when you're trying to trade, and Catan is pretty much a trading game. You need to get pieces, like, I need some brick from you in order to build a road. I'll trade to you a sheep so you can build a city, that kind of thing. And if no one's willing to trade because no one's actually paying attention to the game, it becomes a bit of an issue. So I've kind of ignored the multiplayer side of things. Um, How's the AI? Very good. Uh, if you're playing in rookie mode, if you go any higher than rookie, so you go for intermediate or then the very hard level, they're just ho- they're just cheating essentially.
0: Well, it's just like yeah.
1: they refuse to trade with you no matter what. They'll only ever trade with each other, the three computer players. Okay. So you can never get anything you need. They always seem to put you as going first in putting your piece down on the board, which might not sound an issue, but you actually want to go... I actually find in Catan it's strategic to go either in the middle or last on the dice roll when you put the first piece down on the board. If you go last, you can then put down your first one and your second one in turn because so it goes back around the board, the opposite direction. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I can that would be advantageous. First, yeah. So Plus, th- <laughs> you'd
0: already seen everyone's first move.
1: Exactly, so you know where everyone's going. So, um, it's not a random... It doesn't seem to be a random process of, well, randomly say you're going to go third or you're going to go first. It always seems to put you as going first, putting the pieces down the board, so a bit of an issue there. Um, but on the whole, though, from what I've played, I've enjoyed it. It comes with the Seafarers expansion, which was unexpected. I thought they were going to charge for all of the expansions. They're only charging for uh, one of the expansions, at the moment. I can't remember which one it is. Um, and... You can choose to play a scenario, or you can play uh, the scenario. Just basically takes you through different board configurations. So okay. rather than it being random, so if you've played Catan, you'll know you shuffle the you'll shuffle the cards, and then they'll go out count clockwise to build the honeycomb shape as it goes down on the uh, on the map. They've got like pre configured ones, so it's like uh, ones centered around you having to settle on a harbor in order to trade. One settled around you um having to try and get some sheep and stuff because it's more kind of centered towards different scenarios or a random game where they'll just randomize the board and you can set your own rules but I, i'm enjoying it it's a bit pricey i think i can't remember how much it was but i think it was near 20 pounds um which for a board game on a console is a, a, a little bit pricey but um yeah i, I would recommend checking it out if you're a big fan of Catan.
0: is there local co-op or uh multiplayer rather no that's just another setting yeah yeah because that that is actually to me the most compelling thing about a board game adaption on on a console is um being able to like play a game of Catan with people in the same room like by just passing around some joy cons and like not having to set up the board and having a timer or something that like keeps the game moving like all those sorts of things like that's the appeal i used to play risk uh i forget what it was called but it was risk on the xbox 360 um and it was the one with all the like animated characters and stuff okay yeah yeah that's it. was like legends or something i don't know um but it was cool and uh that i always played with people in the same room i never messed with the ai or like the online it was all about playing with people without the hassle of setting up risk
1: yeah i mean that makes sense I, i i mean i haven't um uh, yeah, I've just double-checked the one of the Q&As on the FAQs. They've also got the question a lot is, does Catan Switch have a local multiplayer mode? Catan Switch does not have a local multiplayer mode is the answer to the question. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing. It feels like they get so close. It's $20, by the way. They get so close with their, with their uh, digital versions of the games. Like, Carcassonne had the local multiplayer so you could play... Uh, with people in the same room, which is great, because Carcassonne takes up an entire table, and Catan has the online multiplayer, but neither of them have both. Which Why? Is a bit no idea.
0: That's really frustrating. Hopefully, they'll they'll hear the outcry and maybe patch something like that in. But yeah. I would I wouldn't hold my breath because um, they didn't do that with the last one. So <laughs> no, they
1: they've been promising them online multiplayer to be coming to Cacoxon for since okay. its release. Okay, so maybe they since will since its release, and they and that was. Last November, I did the review on Loopports.com and yep. still nothing. We're seven months into 2019 now. Seven months is a long time to wait for multiplayer. <laughs> uh, but the other game I'm playing is not on Switch. It's Far Cry New Dawn. It's just another Far Cry game with another generic story. But I love that play loop so much. I really, really want Ubisoft to bring Far Cry, any Far Cry, Far Cry 3, 4.
0: I would love Far Cry 3 on the Switch. Yeah, that would be great. great. i love far cry that's the best one in my opinion
1: i like number four
0: i like i like pagan men i feel like far cry as as a franchise since i got invested in it like the gameplay gets better in every game but the story gets worse
1: (laughs) yes it does yeah
0: because far cry 3 has a great story as far as like that's the islands one right that's the one where you're on the island and you're like the rich white Kid from the city, and like your your oh you all your friends get kidnapped, and they mm-hmm. kill your brother. Yeah, and you got to go like rescue. Yeah, I, everyone. I did like
1: that one. I got that remastered with Far Cry Five as part of the like DLC. You got yeah the, yeah. The have you ever first. played it? I've played some of it, so I played. This. I haven't finished it. Uh, so if it came g- out, on Switch, I would playing.
0: Because I, I, I honestly, I think it has the best story of the Far Cry games that I have played. Anyway, I never played one or two, Um but three, because like. The narrative is all about. It's very meta, like in the same way that Undertale is. Like it asks you to ask questions about yourself as a gamer, yeah. like while you're playing. Because like, but it's not ca-
1: political because it's Ubisoft, so
0: not political. It wouldn't be. Um, no, of course not. Uh, but no, it's <laughs> it's very like it. All the stuff that you're doing as a player, the characters that you that are your friends that know you in real life like react the way that people like if like if you and i got stranded on a desert island and you were captured and then like a week later i showed up covered in blood with like a fucking knife in my mouth and i walked in and broke somebody's neck and stabbed him in the stomach and you were just like (laughs) what the fuck is wrong like what happened to you you know like yeah so it's like it's all those things where you're doing these things and having fun and like then it asks you to be like why are you having so much fun killing people you know like yeah that's good fun i like that Whereas I, I
1: think in number four you had the weird dreamy sequences and then they kind of replicated that in number five with the with the bliss yeah. and the drugs and stuff
0: and those were in three and i thought they were better
1: oh okay i didn't like them in four or five They're, they yeah. make a, a slight return in new dawn so uh yeah whether awesome I, or not, so. I, I'm
0: I'm glad like you talking about this game like has it back on my radar cuz I was really interested in this game cuz I love Far Cry. Yeah. But like when like the story came out and everything I was like, "Eh," and then it was getting like 7s and stuff and I was like, "Eh, maybe I'll just skip this one." Like I usually skip the it, it
1: is getting a 7 because of the story. It's, yeah. it's generic, but I didn't care about the story in 5. I never really followed it. It's the it. gameplay.
0: Yeah, that's I'm playing important. it
1: to go around and find new locations. To, uh, I, and the thing I loved in 5 that they added that's back in New Dawn is the treasure troves. And you yeah. go and you get the treasure caches. And there's just wonderful little puzzles that you have to solve. And how do I get to this location? How do I break into this door? They kind Can of us- replaced the um, towers.
0: Yeah, can I ask you a question about Far Cry Four real quick before we move on, or not Four, Five.
1: New Dawn, Five, New Dawn. No, Five,
0: five. specifically. Five. Okay. I guess New Dawn as well because it's also in yeah. America. Does that is that setting appealing to you? Like, does it seem foreign? Uh. Like Montana.
1: Yes. It, yeah. yeah, but not as much as say three or four did. Sure. Like, there's no, I miss the mountains and being able to climb up there and stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's more appealing in New Dawn because it's so colorful and they've just taken so many creative liberties. Like, there's um, the northern shit. lights in the sky all day long because that's it's awesome. like radiation that's come off. And there's there's the most blue water you've ever seen and gorgeous pink flowers that would never exist in real life. Yeah. It's it's uh, Far Cry New Dawn is is a, a prettier game than Far Cry Five.
0: That's cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up. I think you I got would. me interested
1: it's, in it. It's it's cheap. I got it for 20, 20 quid at the moment. So. Yeah, if
0: I can find it on sale, like for like twenty bucks, I might I might jump in. Yeah. Uh, so I am playing a something you've been so excited about for months. <laughs> a, a, a a a little game, a little masterpiece, a little hidden gem. Featuring one of gaming's biggest mascots, Crash Team Racing.
1: Oh, okay.
0: What a game. And I, this is a game that I have been singing its praises since I was a boy, since I was a mere lad. And my entire career as a games commentator, people have scoffed when I've said that it was better than Mario Kart 64. And it's come back and it's validated all of my feelings about it because i'm realizing it isn't just nostalgia it isn't just the warm fuzzies that i get when i think about me and my dad sitting on my floor playing cr- crash team racing every night it's this game is so fucking good and as much as i hate saying like this sort of thing like it's the blank of blank it's the whatever it is akin to a game like a Dark Souls, a Cuphead, a Celeste for kart racers. Because it is so much more mechanically – it's just – it's 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 deep. It's deeper than Mario Kart. And Mario Kart, I think, is like – we're going to talk about this later in the show, actually, when we get to your questions, so I'll save my diatribe about Mario Kart –
1: I I want to know though what's like what sets this apart though what it, why would I get this over Mario Kart if I'm not invested in Crash like I don't really <laughs> give a shit about any of the Crash characters.
0: That's the problem with Crash Team Racing. It's one problem is that no one cares about the about the characters. But is the reason you get Mario Kart for the characters like I want to
1: m- race around a track and as Toadette and here okay. I go. Yeah,
0: and I respect that, right? But.
1: But realistically, no, that's not why I'm buying it. I'm buying it because it's an absolute blast with my friends and I can throw banana skins at them and I can can have a blue shell go past them and I can make it into first place and they'll get really angry and salty and sulk and I'll laugh and I'll think it's amazing and hilarious and I'll have a great evening.
0: I'm not here to criticize Mario Kart. Especially Mario Kart 8, 7, and Double Dash. All great games. All games I love. However... The appeal of crash team racing is that it is it is deeper and more engaging than mario kart 8 i think and to me i think the and i'll, I'll get into mechanically why i feel that way um and i again i think we can save this because we do have a question in the main yeah. the main topic um but the, the best if, if i had to twitter like explain to you why it's better I have never sat and played a Mario Kart game alone for more than a cup or two at a time. The day that Crash Team Racing came out, I played the adventure mode for six to seven hours in one wow. sitting until my thumbs were swollen. Literally.
1: Okay. That's, I mean, that uh, that's that's the thing. The single player on Mario is not the reason you're buying it. The single player America Mario Kart sucks, especially on number eight because you unlock nothing. So, the fact that the Crash Team Racing has got a a solid single player makes me kind of think it might be worth picking up for my holiday over Mario Maker.
0: And what it's worth, for what it's worth, uh, we've talked about about the game on like Switch versus PS4. Um, I've watched a bunch of technical breakdowns and stuff. If you're not too concerned about like graphics.
1: No, I'm not. I'll be getting it on Switch and it's 60 frames a second. It looks solid as hell.
0: Well, it's 30. Oh, but okay. it's, 30, it's thirty on PlayStation as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. So that's just. I the...
1: wonder why they target thirty when Nintendo can get six squeeze sixty out with Mario Kart.
0: I don't know, but there there is virtually no difference. Okay. Between that's them in terms know. of gameplay. So. But it felt uh, smooth at thirty anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. I haven't felt like it's a problem at all. And the game looks beautiful i i full disclosure i am playing it on ps4 because i grew up playing it on playstation so that's like the configuration that i know and also i wanted uh there's an exclusive set of skins on the playstation 4 version that are the polygon versions of them from the ps1 oh
1: my god no no i want it on ps1
0: so i i, wanted I want it the ooga there. booga
1: mask oh my god yeah <laughs> Do you know what? I loved Crash as a kid, and I've not—I haven't even got the the insane trilogy. Crash remasters. No. It's good. Is it good? Yeah, it's really—it's worth revisiting. Yeah. Is that—is that that as good on Switch, or have you not played it?
0: It's on Switch. Um,
1: Maybe I'm guessing you played it on PS4.
0: I played it on PS4. Yeah. From what I read, it's—it's a—it's a a downgrade on Switch, but it's not bad. It's just like there are certain like graphical things that it, like isn't capable of because they needed to downgrade stuff. So there are like some different shadows and stuff. So there's like some interesting gameplay design things that they did to work around it. Like, um, there are some things where there's like a visual cue to show you what you're supposed to do, but they couldn't render it properly. So like they added an audio one, like there's like uh, okay, yeah, things yeah. like that. But it's like, from what I've heard, it's like, it's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Does
0: I, I, but you have a PS4, so you probably get it on PS4. Uh,
1: yeah, I have a PS4. Yeah. Yeah. I would get, I would get, um, it on switch though. Cause I would play that game handheld.
0: I feel that. Yeah that was a tough one for me honestly i think i saw a sale for crash team racing on switch earlier for like 20 bucks and i was like i might buy this game again oh my god and plus so i have it on the go but i don't know we'll talk more about that later you're,
1: you're totally gonna end up doing it but yeah
0: okay yeah let's
1: do some news before we get to the main topics then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right, so kicking things off, we've got uh, new Switch bundles um, coming out in the uh, EU with a 30 and 35 dollar, or not dollar, 35
1: Euro. pounds and th- 35 but, euros and 30 pounds. Thank you. So you you got one in the US, a 35 dollar one in February.
0: And now we're getting them coming to and the now UK Now we're getting and the them, EU. yeah, in right. the UK
1: and the, and the and EU. And they,
0: they come with a nice little uh, credit, so if you're... One of our European listeners with a bend towards indies and for some reason you don't own a Switch or you're thinking about getting another one, maybe uh, a bundle to consider. Personally, I don't I don't find this to be too attractive. I think I'd rather get a bundle with like a $60 game. Well, they're, um, they're, they're doing that on
1: um, Amazon. So you can get um, Smash Bros and the Switch with the 30 pound £30 credit for 327 pounds. That's a good deal. Um, so you can get you can get both. And it really bad. does feel, especially when you add this with the rumors from last week and then the next story, that they're clearing out their stock. And this is a way for them to just shift units of switches before the next one comes out.
0: Yep. I think that's a safe bet. Uh, especially when you consider our next story, where a uh, Taiwanese memory chip supplier has reported stronger-than-expected demand nintendo which ties into last week's story where we talked about um the that we know that there are two models of the switch that have already entered into production outside of china now because of the trump tariffs and everything um and then there was like the story last week as well about the accessories for the switch mini launching on like re- retailers and yeah i think we've seen a few more pop up
1: yeah and this has been on it, so it came from that chinese hong Song. Company previously accessories. They're now on Game as official Game like products, and on Amazon, have there's been listings on there as well. So, um, but yeah, when you add that into the fact that uh, Macronix chairman Min Woo uh, has apparently said that orders from Nintendo have exceeded their expectations in the last two months, and it's up at a point where their revenue is up thirty percent from where it was in April.
0: So that. Is it, that seems pretty. They're ramping
1: up production for something, whether it's uh, whether it's more switches, and they're trying to meet demand, which I don't think it is, or they're starting on some new consoles, which seems to be the case when you tie that in with the Wall Street Journal article from last week, right, where uh, they they reported that two new models have entered production. Uh, so it's exciting. i I'm, I think my prediction that we're going to see an announcement by the end of July is going to come true.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. And I, I was pretty, like... I thought that was ambitious when you made that call originally, but the more, like, these stories are coming together, it seems like an announcement is imminent, for sure.
1: I must say, though, I'm disappointed that all uh, all routes seem to point towards Switch, Switch Mini rather than a Switch Pro, which was really I, what I thought we were going to get was going to be a Switch Pro at this point.
0: I always figured we'd get a Mini before we got a Pro, and I didn't think they would announce two at once. So yeah. I, I believe the, the rumor that there are two in development... Uh, But I think one that they're going to wait, they'll probably produce less of them and, you know, like have a backlog ready for the announcement. You
1: know, I I'm just, I'm ready for the next one. And it wouldn't be a switch. Mini. I want a bigger, beefier one. And then I'll give my, I'm going to give my old one to my dad. So hopefully he doesn't listen to the show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But real quick, shout out to uh, Lisa Wang from the Taipei times for the reporting on that one. Uh, Usually we do our own reporting, but this one was an assist from, from her. So shout-outs on that one. Got to give credit where credit is due. So next up, we had a little bit of controversy going on this week around Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which finally came to Nintendo Switch this week after yeah. launching on all platforms last week, which we talked about. Uh, we talked about it out this week, last week. Uh, and this has just been a, a big, like, disappointment. You
1: know, I, I, um, it, it, everyone was like last week especially our, one of our writers Max Wright was saying why Why is it out a week though? it makes no sense it's out a week later well, we now we now know why it's out a week there because they wanted to avoid any bad press last week while everyone was going wow this game's great yeah. now a week later they're going this game has choppy frame rates, low resolution and textures, it's crashing Imran Khan from the Game Informer has been playing the game and there's just missing pieces of text in the dialogue it just this just doesn't show up at all. It's a mess, and I can't. I actually can't believe they they put it out. It's um a bit of a shame, really, because yeah. a lot of people were looking forward to playing this one.
0: Well, and I think the thing that's the most upsetting is that like like the reviews for the game are positive, but there's this, and then there was that like save uh, eating issue. Yeah,
1: so the, there was the whole thing of if you start the game prior to updating it so if you managed to get hold of a physical copy or download it ahead of time from the eShop, and then you didn't update it before you played it so you skipped the warning that says oh there's an update for the game do you want to download it? and you said no so i want to launch it anyway then that save had a game breaking buggy you wouldn't be able to open some chests in the game
0: and it's not until like several hours into the game so there were a number of players who like played six to eight hours of the game reached this game breaking bug and then had to start over
1: yeah because the save couldn't be updated to the new version so it's, yeah. yeah it's it's a mess really um but they've been caught out this week uh actually using steam screenshots on the eShop to sell the nintendo switch version of the game which uh is a little bit naughty
0: yeah and that was another one that uh all this stuff came from uh imran khan over at game informer so shout outs to him for uh for um breaking the story i just
1: i I don't think it's the first time as well that that companies have been found out to be using screenshots from other platforms yeah which is like really shady it needs to nintendo either need to make it uh a necessity that the screenshots come from the switch or they need to disclose it really in the in the description
0: yeah because at this point it's like you're you're misleading consumers you know, and that's, like, a really... It's just shady, and, like, I'm sure that's not Nintendo's intent. I'm sure it's more, like, an issue of... They're not being a rule or much oversight. They're just like, yeah, screenshot's fine. You know, like... So, that's not an excuse, but... It, it is is—it is a situation that I hope we see get remedied, because... You know, we're, people really kind of got swindled on this one. I saw a lot of people out there complaining and being like, this is, like, a really broken, busted version of the game, and now I have to go buy it again, and it's not cheap. So... You know if you're somebody with a limited budget, like that really sucks, and mm-hmm. I think that reflects really poorly on the Nintendo Switch, which is something that, like, by and large, we haven't had a huge problem with, save for like a few choice games here or there that had bad Switch ports. Most <laughs> of them the, have the been good. The one I remember that that NBA, that NBA game, right? Everyone's that NBA 2K back. was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the but it's happened, but it's it's been two or three games, not. The way it used to be where, you know, every Nintendo Wii or Wii U port was, like, a bad or downgraded version. Oh, yeah, I remember that Call version.
1: of Duty Modern Warfare Wii edition. It was just, like, a totally different
0: game. Or shit, even Nintendo 64 had a problem with that, like, you know. But not having the inferior version of the game be the Nintendo version has not been a problem for the Switch. And now, this well, is yeah, a I high mean, profile even, story where it like is. Like,
1: even recently, your example of Crash Team Racing came out day and day with the other versions. It is solid. They've done an amazing job on the port by the sounds, aside from a few graphical downgrades.
0: But Switch is weaker, so it should have le- worse yeah, graphics. Yeah,
1: and it's the same price as well, which is right. another big plus.
0: Yep. So that's like... My whole thing is there's no excuse to release a Switch port like this when Bethesda was able to get... Or not Bethesda, id, was able to get Doom and Wolfenstein. You know, that's And that's machine games, but... The, the people over at Bethesda, their teams, have been able to get really high-octane, 60fps, first-person shooters on Switch. Yeah, and I, I again, they're
1: a smaller team, and it was a Kickstarter, but... Yeah. But, like,
0: delay the version. Don't release a broken yeah. version of the game.
1: I think people would have been... I know people would have been disappointed. It would have been like, oh, come on, why is it coming out way later? But to just delay it by a week and then not actually do any fixes, and it just feels like you only delayed it to avoid the bad press last week, and then this week everyone's playing the game and they're like, what the hell? I heard this game was really good, I saw the reviews, I, I googled the reviews for it, all the reviews seemed to be positive, I went and bought the game, and it's crap.
0: Yep. And I think you're right that it reeks of that, because everybody read the PS4, Steam, Xbox reviews and were like, oh great, it's great, I'm going to yeah. get it on Switch. So, uh, 505 Games has said they're not happy with the current state of the game, how could they be, and are working to fix it, but I would not buy the Nintendo Switch version of Bloodstained uh, if you are, like, itching to play it, and you have another console, get it somewhere else. Uh, so next up, we've got Special Reserve Games releasing a, quote, signature edition of Gris, uh the artistic platformer, for just a lot of money. 250 bucks US. Holy shit, it's sold out now. Oh, shit, it's already sold out? Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, and a 201-pound version <laughs> for you UK listeners. Uh, and there's only 250 available. They are already gone. Uh, pre-orders are supposed to be open until July 17th. They're already closed. Um, I imagine that they'll probably extend this because it made... They've, got, they've said it's going to specifically be
1: this version. There's only ever going to be 250. It comes with hand-drawn artwork by the um the creator. designer of the game uh that's signed and it's individual and is hand drawn you can get the it's like numbered right yes it's numbered yeah. you can get a bundle version um which doesn't come with the vinyl soundtrack that you also get with the uh with the signature edition yeah signature sorry
0: um, but you can it get also has else. an art book
1: Yes, it does have the art book and sheet music and art cards and a physical version of the game that's numbered one to two fifty, and a special collector's edition box for everything to go in.
0: So basically, it's sick. Yeah, it's
1: mad. Like if you're mad. if
0: you're like a big Grieve fan, like this is like the like ultimate collection. Like getting the original art, like a numbered piece of original art, and then like a vinyl is like that's dope. That's worth two hundred and fifty dollars. Like, mm-hmm. it's expensive, but that's, like, you're getting an original piece of art. Like, you could pay that much for something like that alone. Yeah, plus I think, like, the,
1: the art book and stuff just looks great as well. But really, you are paying for the art. The, like, the bundles are only 65 pounds. This was a, this was 201. You're paying for an artist to draw you and yeah. paint you some wonderful art.
0: And I, I think, like, again, like, the soundtrack, like, that's something that would probably be, like, 50 bucks, 60 yeah. bucks from, like, a fan gamer art book would probably be 40 50 dollars you know like the art you can buy the art book alone for 49 so there you go right so i think like this is definitely a good deal if you're a it was fan. it was a good deal it's yeah gone. it was a good deal um, <laughs> well i mean i think that speaks to why it's sold out right jesus so I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Special Reserve announce like that they're going to extend the orders. Cause, I, like, I I'd
1: like to see them do it with other games. Like maybe, we were discussing this earlier. Imagine if they like you you were saying Undertale. Like they did it for of,
0: Undertale. I would buy it. I like already a, own I already own three <laughs> copies of the game, and I have a vinyl version of it, and I would still buy it.
1: Well, for a bit of Toby Fox artwork.
0: Yeah, are you kidding me? Original he, numbered Toby draw? Fox art. It would be something terrible. <laughs> That's why I'd want it. <laughs> Be like fucking incredible. Are you kidding me? Hell yeah. I would definitely do that. That's one of the few games I would do that for. What else would you do for? There's a fun question.
1: Yeah. Um we can put that in the QA. I'm gonna put that in the Q and A. What would you spend two hundred and fifty? No no, let's for?
0: just do it now. Let's just do it now. <laughs> while we're on the subject. So I think I would definitely do it for a Pokemon red and blue reprint. Would you? Yeah. For if like, they well, did- like and, and like one of the one,
1: Oh, imagine if they did one hundred and fifty one and it was each person got an original Pokemon concept art. Oh
0: my god, I would cry. That would be amazing. But I would like fight a motherfucker, I'd be like, I need Blastoise. I need <laughs> Blastoise. Whoever has it, trade me. Like Um But yeah, so I think that is one I would definitely do. If they did a reprint of the original Pokemon and it was the whole soundtrack on vinyl art book of like original concept art and like original designs if it had like a reprint of the original strategy guide in it like the primo one that i had growing up like all that kind of shit like og artwork like Mm -hmm. uh like maybe like some cards or something like that like they had here sheet music hell yeah like i would definitely be down for all
1: (laughs) sheet music for the little chip tunes yeah
0: yes dude (laughs) that that soundtrack is beautiful and don't you don't you speak ill of it
1: for me i think i i could only think of one game really which would probably be um the last of us not that the uh, game from naughty dog tight i i absolutely love it and the um the concept for that game was was incredible trader are you going for a playstation game wow I, I don't know what else i would do i mean maybe I, I i've got some splatoon concept art already otherwise i probably would have said something like that that's cool because the concept art of that is really cool it's uh it's It's bunny rabbits before they settled on making them squids. Oh, really? Yeah. They used to burrow underneath and uh, that was how they, they recharged. They burrowed underneath and then they changed into squids.
0: Wow. Wow. The more you know, huh? Mm. Uh, So next up is uh, Indie Darling. What Remains of Edith Finch is coming to Nintendo Switch next week on the 4th of July. I know. I'm so happy. Anna Perna were
1: like teasing this on Twitter last week. Did you see it? no so someone they reply they posted on June 17th a picture of someone who posted on eBay like a scalper who had obviously gone to E3 and posted what remains of Edith Finch PS4 physical edition with free brand new bonus and they just said don't be like this person and then someone replied to Annapurna don't be like Annapurna who have yet to port Edith's edith finch to switch and they just replied back this tweet may or may not look bad in the future and then today <laughs> it showed up on the japanese eShop.
0: <laughs> yeah and then, like as of recording there's been no official announcement but it's very much coming so oh it's absolutely coming so it'll be coming on july 4th it's on the
1: japanese eShop.
0: are you a big fan of this game
1: i love this game it's never played it oh own, my god you i were- own
0: a free copy of it that i got from ps plus but i never i never played it d- do
1: yourself a favor set some time aside and play this in one go. Okay. Just start to finish, and you will cry. It's short, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You you, you will cry. I'll commit. It, I'll commit Be to prepared. This. Get the Kleenex ready. Okay. And it's it's an amazing game. It's one of the best games I've ever played.
0: I, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, yeah. the, the guys over are Kind of Funny really like it, and I know Giant Sparrow has a great rep. So um, when that, when I saw this, this got my attention, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll play it. But I'm like, no, just play the very, <laughs> just play the copy that you have. <laughs> You asshole. I, I'm going to buy it again. I'm
1: 100% going to buy this That's again. Awesome. I And I hope they do a physical version on Switch because I'll probably wait for that if they do. Because oh, uh, cool. it's one of those games that I love. I want every game I love on a physical version so I'll never not be able to play it. Sure.
0: So uh, last on the news list this week before we get into out this week is Nintendo has opened the second official Nintendo retail store in Diz, Dizengov Dizengoff Dizengoff Center in Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh 14 years after the first store opened in New York City, uh but fun fact, if you don't know or if you're too young to know, uh when they opened the first store in New York City way back in the day, it wasn't the Nintendo World store. It was actually the Pokémon Center. No, you don't say. No, it was. I do, I know, I know that, yeah. Well, I don't know, some of our listeners are young.
1: But it wasn't the first Pokemon Center, there's Pokemon Centers in Japan, right? But then it was the first one to become rebranded the Nintendo Store.
0: I can't speak to that one. Okay. All I know is I went to it when it was still the Pokemon Center as a young boy. Tell me about the experience,
1: because I want to know, like, what's it like going to Nintendo Mecca?
0: It's awesome, dude. Uh, I love the Nintendo Store. Every time I go to New York, I try to go... Um, if I have time, because it's like right in Times Square. So like when I was coming from New Jersey, like I'd get off the train, and it would be like, well, I could, I, it's not right in Times Square, but it's like it's nearby. Like I could get yeah. there if I don't have like a tight schedule. Um, but I haven't been in quite some time. Uh, but I love the Nintendo store. Um, but my first trip there was awesome because my dad used to work in New York City, and uh, he took me to like take your kid to work day kind of thing like once. And I was in the city and we get off the train and I was like, oh, so like and we were we started going in a direction different than his office because I'd been to his office before. OK. And yeah. I was like, I was like, where are we going? And he's like, oh, I'm taking you to the Pokemon Center. And I was like, <gasps> <gasps> like what? like what? Like <laughs> I lost it. And I had my Game Boy with me coincidentally. And I went and I, um, I they had a big machine on the second floor and you could plug in your Game Boy cartridge and it would give you a random Pokemon. Oh my god. Which was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. So, you know, two thousand and one I guess, two thousand two. And uh I put I brought I, I had my case of Game Boy games with me. So I had all three of my Pokemon games that were capable. So I had gold, silver, and crystal. I did it and I got three Celebi. Oh Which was no. like a total glitch, though, which was awesome because no one else I knew had a Celebi. It was the rarest Pokemon in the world at the time, and I watched someone go before and after me, and neither of them got one. Oh! And I was lucky, lucky, <laughs> lucky, lucky. Um, and I was like over the fucking moon about this. And then I went and battled some. Like I was like went up to some random kids. I was like, anybody want to battle? And none of the other kids would battle me. But this, like, older kid, like, probably 15, 16, maybe, maybe even older, was like, yeah, man, like, hey, like, I'll battle you, kid. And he ended up beating me, but, like, I put up a good show. Like, I got him down to his last Mon, and he was like, yeah, good game, man. Like, shook hands. Like, well, I was like, all right, cool. My dad bought me a bunch of Pokemon swag. I went on my merry way. That
1: is amazing. Beautiful
0: day. Uh, and then when they rebranded it as the Nintendo store, now it's just, like... Any dope piece of Nintendo swag you've ever seen, they've got, they have, like, every amiibo, like, they have a bunch of, like, artifacts that are really cool, like, I I think they finally moved it somewhere else, but they had this uh, Game Boy that had survived a bombing that happened, Uh, I don't remember the conflict, um, but it, it was bombed. And it has its copy of Tetris sealed into it because it oh, melted, wow.
1: but it still works. Like fused into the into the Game Boy. Yeah. Well, did they have it like turned on so you could see it yeah. like, work? Yeah. Oh so my it's god! On
0: the, it's on at this, the main screen of Tetris, and it was just still loading it's Tetris. It's so
1: cool. I love it's that. It's so
0: cool. Um, it's just shit like that.
1: I really hope they bring one to the UK.
0: No, you just gotta come to America and oh, we'll go to I New York. Why do
1: pop over to Tel Aviv? It's just down the road.
0: Fair enough. You could go it's to definitely interview.
1: not. It's miles away.
0: But I'm just saying, you you already we we know that at some point you're going to come visit me in America. Yes. yes. And when you do, we'll just pop over to New York City. It's not yeah, that far. Uh,
1: yeah. When we pop over, I'll be spending a lot of time there. You can't just pop into New York City and just like be there for
0: five minutes. No, I'm just saying we'll go for like <laughs> a day. You'll come stay with me in Philly, and we'll go spend a day in New York. We'll get an early that start on it. Good. You can do all the touristy shit real quick and get it out of the way and then we'll go do cool stuff
1: yeah okay Yeah, I mean it just looks so fun like they have like events on so there's like a Super Mario Maker thing going on tomorrow where they're like yeah. showing off Mario Maker on And they, obviously, the Nintendo store, you always see the reactions from, videos from, like, the uh, Nintendo Directs. I absolutely love them so much. Because everyone there is just, like, so pumped for Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: It's, a a pretty cool place. It definitely is, like, a very, like, Mecca kind of moment of, like, man, this is cool. And, like, any obscure character that you can think of, like, there's a piece of merchandise for them and stuff. You know, so that's that's cool. Yeah. All right, so moving along out this week, uh, we've got Terraria out on... uh, this is all on Thursday, June 27th. So we've got Terraria. Uh, this is one of the like. This is one of the first games that was ever announced for the Switch. I swear. Yeah, and it's finally coming. Like it's been an it's been an interesting journey. Like there's supposed to be a physical release at a later date. I don't know how much later it could come. I want
1: to know how much you would pay for Terraria. I mean, like
0: at max fifteen dollars. <laughs> I would say
1: fifteen dollars. I think that would be a good price. At most. How much do you think they're charging for a Terraria on Nintendo Switch? Is it 40 It's $30. No!
0: That's so much! <laughs> Those Switch taxes, man. Yeah, everyone, everyone
1: on Reddit was complaining about the Switch tax because it's currently on sale at 50% off on Steam for £3.49. It's a tough pill to swallow, even though i know the developers spent a lot of time PipeWorks studio spent a lot of time they've added touchscreen controls with pinch to zoom and all sorts of cool that's stuff that's really
0: cool but still it's tough that's a tough bill to swallow yeah
1: that's a I lot of i get it
0: i i get it there's cost of development and like they got to make their money and ultimately i guess if you really want terraria on the go like buy it on the 3ds buy it on the vita buy it on your phone fuck that <laughs> I, love, I loved the 3DS and the Vita in their day, but they are dead. Yeah, they you are dead. You want it on Switch. You know, yes, I'm not playing do. it on a phone. No. <laughs> Come on. So, I, you know. I, it's it's pricey maybe wait for a sale on this one
1: have you ever played have you ever played it i've never played it
0: no i never played terraria i, I played minecraft and i was like yeah, hey, it's. Like i was gonna say game.
1: everyone thinks it just looks like 2d minecraft so i kind of ha- I had yeah
0: i was gonna i was gonna try it out
1: it was gonna be one of those games it was gonna be like this whole thing i finally tried terraria on the switch it was gonna be as awesome but not for
0: 30 30 dollars yeah i mean i i wasn't gonna try it and that definitely like made it so i unless it's like a on sale in a few months and i'm like you can get it in a steal like pass yeah if
1: it's if it's one of those games it's like five quid that's in the sale and you're just like you know i've got nothing else to play at the moment might as well try
0: it otherwise no thanks uh so then next up we got two new games in the sega ages line which are those like lovingly recreated uh sega classics like updated and like often with like some you know tweaks to mechanics to make them a little bit like you know um more modern and stuff yeah, not, like that and, not what we originally reported um right now we originally reported uh so <laughs> they it's a great series if you're a retro retro gamer they're they have gotten a lot of high praise and they have two uh sega classics wonder boy monster land and virtual racing coming so if you are a sega fan uh might want to pick these up i'm excited for virtual Racing. yeah were you a virtual looks racing like guy they've- it looks like
1: they. I remember. I distinctly remember playing. It. Everyone had that friend who had every console who was like loaded. Yeah. My friend had a Sega Saturn, and I went. I remember going around to his house and we played Virtua Racing. And yeah, I mean, it looks like they've stepped up the graphics big time. There's actual proper transparency instead of the weird like mesh transparency
0: the Sega Saturn could do. That's cool. Yeah. I like really am interested in Monster Boy. Uh, that was that was a franchise I was always interested in, and I never got a chance to play. So, check it out. I might. I really might. This is, it looks really cool. It it has like a very like like the shop stuff. I'm like, oh my god, it looks like Undertale.
1: Oh okay, yeah. I mean, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that eight bit aesthetic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it totally looks like Undertale in that. Yeah. yeah. Look, even the character does look like yeah. something from Undertale,
0: doesn't it? I wish. 1987. Wow. So then uh, this next one, Graveyard Keeper, uh, we were talking about this over on our Discord. Uh, Was this... Was it Fowler's who brought this one up? Fowler's recommended I check this out, and I'm glad he did, because it looks awesome. Our Discord community is awesome. You should go join it. Um, Discord.com slash pot I don't think that's how it works. No, Search no, I'll put Loot a link Pots in the show notes. The, yeah, it's in the description. I
1: will put a link in the show notes. Yeah. I will make a note to do that now. Go
0: join our Discord. It's fun. There are a lot of really, really cool, chill people hanging out there. Uh, a lot of our questions from this week's show came from our Discord crew. Uh, Steve and Pixel and I and the rest of the Loop Pots gang are always in there chatting uh, with all the potheads, so if you want to come talk to us and perhaps hear your thoughts read right on the show, our uh, Discord a great way to do that. So this this came from Fowlers, and it's a uh, it's a management sim, uh, where you are a graveyard keeper. You manage a medieval cemetery. Yeah, as you, it's amazing. As you might have guessed.
1: Yeah, you you can you know this cut costs, so you might have to. You might have to figure out what you wanna what you wanna do. So one of the examples they say is, do you do you really want to spend money on that proper hot dog meat for the festival when you have so many resources laying around? So presumably all the dead bodies you have laying around, you could oh. crumble up and turn it into hot dogs and then sell them to people to make money, dude. So I'm kind of into this gruesome theme on uh, Stardew Valley.
0: Yeah, and it like it's cool because it's like also got um like all the farming and all that stuff in it, just with like yeah. a, a way more like sinister kind of feel to it so
1: the visual aesthetic to me reminds me of like um like an old school isometric um mystery game point and click game like monkey island style rather than rather than like stardew valley which is a bit more friendly it's a little bit darker it's uh fits the theme i think it kind
0: of reminds me of rpg maker yeah like yeah yeah like not in a bad way um, I mean it may be an RPG maker game I don't it know. It could be that that's fine. Though. That, though. there are plenty of really good games that originated there. Um so yeah, check it out Breaking Dead or I'm sorry, break not Breaking Dead that's the name of the <laughs> developer. Uh Graveyard Keeper. Um I am kind of interested in this one. I'm honestly thinking about pre-ordering it to get that discount. It's
1: pre-loaded on my Switch. I'll be playing it on holiday and we can talk about it on the show next week. Very good.
0: Um, so if I don't bite, maybe I'll wait for your review. Uh, so then next up is Friday, June twenty eighth. So all, again, all those games coming on Thursday. So keep your eyes peeled. Day this record the, the the day this drops. Uh, Friday, June twenty eighth, we've got Super Mario Maker two, um, which is high on my radar. Can't wait to play it. Can't wait to talk about it next week. Are you are you buying this stay one? Absolutely. Oh man,
1: I was so like on the edge of do I want to cuz I never finished the new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. But those two review scores. Yeah, I mean the I'm reviews are like overwhelmingly
0: positive. 95 from IGN, 45 from Games Radar, 45 from US Gamer. Uh 875 from Game Informer. Like it's it's all over like the average metacritic is 90. So, I'm I'm definitely going to pick this one up. I was already engaged with it. I didn't know if it was going to be a day one purchase, but now I'm just like, hell yeah, got to get it. Got to get it. Got to talk about it. Got to stream it. Like, got to get in on that conversation. All right. So, moving along to the main topic this week. Uh, we, it has been a slow couple news weeks for Nintendo fans ever since E3 uh, filled our hearts with joy. So... You know, we, we threw out the bat signal this week for all you potsheads to send in your questions on Discord, on Patreon, on Twitter. Uh, so thank you all for those of you who wrote in. We really appreciate it. Um, while I read this first one, Steve, why don't you check and just make sure we didn't get any other good ones that trickled in since we started recording.
1: I will, I will have a look. Okay.
0: Uh, so this first one uh, is a, a heavy topic. So just you know, um, warnings ahead. This is a little darker than our normal fare. Uh, but we got a lot of people writing into it. The first one was Atlas over on Discord. Uh, but a a bunch of you wrote in asking about this question. Um... So in in light of uh, the news of uh, Etika and, you know, if you weren't aware, Etika was a, a popular YouTuber who was in the Nintendo Switch community. Uh, a bunch of you Potsheads were fans of, of his content. Uh, he was a streamer and a YouTuber. And, um, you know, this week it, or last week after going missing, it came out that he, um, you know, at least seemingly has unfortunately taken his life. Uh, after uh, an ongoing struggle with with some mental health issues, um, so we got a lot of people writing in asking what our thoughts were on mental issues as it relates to content creation, um, you know, streaming and making YouTube content, and you know what our experiences are with with it and with like the stress of of trying to keep up with with making content, um, you know, while having a life. Um, so, I mean, I, I wanted to start by. Um, Reading a tweet that Pixel put out, actually, since he wasn't able to join us, that I think uh, sums up, you know, the 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 Etika angle of it of it well, uh, where he said, "I never met Etika or watch any of his videos, but still feel extremely sad that anybody could feel that this is their only way out. Mental health is a serious issue. Please don't bottle stuff up. Talk to your friends, family. Call a support line or seek professional help." Heart. So yeah, I I just wanted to echo that sentiment. Here because I think it's it's a, a good one and an important one. Um, that there are tons of resources. Um, I know there's the suicide hotline in the states, but um, I know you can also uh check out, um, I just want to make sure I get the website right. Let me just make sure here. Yeah. So you can also go to takethis.org, which is actually a um, an, a video game centric uh charity that specifically, um, you know has the kind of it says here their mission is take this works to dis- decrease the stigma and increase the support for mental health and game enthusiasts in the game enthusiast community and inside the gaming industry so um you know like pixel said please reach out to people in your own life but if you don't feel like you can or you don't know how to have that conversation with your friends or family or your, or your you know your partner um, there are, you know, organizations out there like TakeThis.org that you can go to and you can find somebody to talk to. So, um, if you are ever at that place, that's that's the note I want to leave it on. Is that you know, it's it's sad. I agree with Pixel that that anybody feels like this is the only option out. Um, you know, especially when there are clearly a lot of people out there that that care about you. You know, um, so just keep that in mind uh, as it relates to our own stuff. Um, You know, I can definitely speak from personal experience. I've been making content for years now and uh, I've definitely experienced some, some pretty significant periods of burnout, you know, where I was like trying to make a YouTube video every day or make YouTube content for multiple channels while also like freelance writing and like trying to make the career happen, you know, um, and the stress of doing that while also trying to work. Full time and you know uh, make time for my friends or you know my my girlfriend or my family um it's stressful and it really is like a um a real it can be a grind you know and I I think like my my perspective on it is really just like just keep in mind the fact that like the people on the other end of of this part you know the conversation that you have with the people who make content that that you consume is to just remember that they're people you know Um, I'm super thankful and I don't mean this to just, like, blow smoke, um, but I'm really thankful that, that the loopots community is um, as kind as it is. You know, my a- interactions with with you Potsheads have been really exclusively positive. Um, it's been people who have been really nice and appreciative of the work that we do and, like, just want to, you know, like, talk Nintendo with us. And I think that's the best thing that you can do. Um, but there is a lot of toxicity out there online, and I think, like... I just think about it the next time you're going to post something mean, you know, it's like, you don't know what that person's going through and you know, they don't, nobody needs like negativity like that for no reason, you know, try to just like focus on putting positivity out there. That's, that's kind of my two cents on this whole thing.
1: Yeah. I would just echo um, pretty much everything you said. It's a extremely sad situation. I hope I I wish nobody ever got to that stage. Uh, in the UK, if you ever do feel like that, then call the Samaritans on 116123 and they'll, from any phone, they'll pick up and you can talk to them and they'll help in any way they can. Um, in terms of personally for me, I've never, I've been very thankful I've never really had any issue with my mental health other than stress and burnout, as you mentioned. Um, and yeah, it's difficult for us. We all have full time jobs, we all still want to talk talk about and write about and interact with people in the Nintendo world and it's fun and it's it's exciting. Um, but life sometimes gets in the way.
0: I only talk about our own experience because we were asked about it. You know, I, I don't think it's like, you know. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a grind. You know, you hear about Twitch streamers and stuff who are like afraid to take a vacation to visit their parents because they're afraid of what that's going to do to their numbers and stuff like that, you know, so... I think the best thing you can do is just support the people that you like and, like, be positive. And if you're one of those people who is just, like, in the silent audience, you know, like, you watch the content, you appreciate it, but you don't like the videos or you don't comment, like, do it, man. You know, like, it takes, like, a second and you could really, like, brighten up somebody's day, you know, if you appreciate what they're doing. Just put that out there, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it can definitely feel like you're talking into a dark void. Yeah. Especially when we started doing this, it was, like... We you know, we would we would be I remember we were asking at the beginning of the show, like, write and give us questions, it was like no one was there and now we do a Q and A session and it's you know we've got tons of questions. It feels great. Um so yeah, definitely the whole community aspect makes it feel worthwhile. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um yeah, just I don't know, like <laughs> in the words of E three Darlings, uh Keanu Reeves, just like try to be excellent to each other. That's that's you know your breathtaking. Uh, yeah, your breath you're all breathtaking. Um, so, you know to put to put a period on that one. Uh, let's move along to our next question, which came from Ram, uh, one of our patrons, um, our probably our biggest supporter, uh, I think of all time. So shout outs to Ram. Um, Ram asked, "What games do y'all like that you don't think anyone listening may have played? It's hard finding good hidden gems without it just being lists like Celeste, Baba is You, etc." I thought this was a great question. I really like this one. Yeah,
1: is a really good question. I'm I'm booting up my Switch. That's what I'm doing right now. You are right now yeah. to have a look at the list and see what you like. The problem is though that the big games all come front and center, um, but I, I do try and find some more of the more obscure ones to talk about on the game that people may not have necessarily played. Um, so going through going through my Switch. Uh, oxen free i thought that was a great uh, little narrative game i love if Oxenfree. You're interested in that love it uh we've got thimbleweed park which i know is a popular game but i think a lot of people kind of skipped out and didn't bother playing it it was one of my favorite games when it of the uh, of 2017 when it came out i highly recommend going back and playing it if you're interested into in kind of the lucas arts games and games of that era mm-hmm. really really good game um very fun and the ending's incredible uh, I liked a game called Kona which was which is like this uh first person mystery game uh worth checking out Pan pan which is a fun environmental puzzler and then a game called seven billion humans which is um from the makers of the oh human resource game I think that's what it's called
0: okay I remember that one
1: yeah, so it's a it's a it's a just a fun again fun puzzler.
0: I'm opening up my Steam library while I'm at it. i um, going deep cuts here. Uh, wow. So going through my stuff on my Switch, uh, first up, I would recommend, and not necessarily a small game, but one that many of you might not have played is Snake Pass. A very early game on the Switch. It was on other platforms as well, but I definitely feel like it was pretty heavily associated with the Switch. Um, so I think if you if you missed that one, I definitely think it's worth your time. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I would also again not like a uh, necessarily a super niche game or niche game, but um, if you haven't played Overcooked, I think Overcooked is like one of the best multiplayer games on the market, an absolute gem. Um, one you should definitely play. Uh, in that same vein, I referenced it on a previous episode. Duck Game is a Adult Swim published game. It is one of the best competitive multiplayer games i've ever played it's fantastic it's an enormous amount of fun and it's super easy to pick up Uh, i think it's a great party game you definitely check that one out um weird one for me but a game i really like letter quest remastered really cute little indie title it's like uh an rpg mixed with scrabble and uh it's a really really fun game i love jumping in once in a while when i'm like just in the mood for something light okay uh, Downwell is a game I've sung the praises of on this show multiple times. Fantastic and in- inventive platformer with a great art style. Uh, big fan of that game. Uh, Moonlighter is a game that Yumi and Pixel all really enjoyed. Uh, great, great game. Great value. Still putting out free content for it. Um, I constantly think about going back to it because it was great and I really enjoyed my time with it
1: what else you know i forget that that's like a hidden gem and people haven't played it because like we've all just talk about it
0: all, yeah all but the like time. nobody's played that game yeah. so like if you haven't checked out moonlighter definitely get that one uh and then uh ape out is another one that i haven't heard a ton of people talking about and i really enjoyed i talked about it f- a few episodes ago great dynamic soundtrack really cool art style tight arcadey gameplay uh definitely definitely worth your attention Um, so let me just real quick, I'm just going to look at my Steam library and see if there's any other, like, indies that I want to call out, because I have a huge library here. Um, oh, Gone Home. Uh, or no, no, sorry, not Gone Home. That's a different game than what I meant. Gone Home is a great game, though, and it is on Switch. I've, I've, I've never played Gone Home, so that's not the one I meant to, to, uh, to name drop. It's, um, where is it?
1: And that's what what remains of me. The Finch is like, by the way, gone home. Similar like, to that, walking around a house, it's that style. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sybil is actually a really cool game that I played. It's a um, really, it's a creative, uh, story-driven kind of game. Um, that's like very, it's just very different. It's different than any almost any other game I ever played. It's very much like her story, you know, where it's like a narrative with like uh. FMV like cutscenes and oh, stuff yeah. and
1: I'm so excited about the sequel to that. Yes,
0: it's cool. Check out check out Sybil if you're into that kind of game. H- how did you spell that? Uh Sybil is C I B E L E. Okay. Actual Sunlight is a isometric, like top down indie game about depression. Um that I I really enjoyed that was like enjoyed might not be the right word for it, but it's it's very unique. It's an experience. It's moving. Yeah, it's a moving experience. Um similar the 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 creator's guide um which is uh is that the name of it hold on
1: oh you know what i just thought about one dream daddy make That's sure do one. not miss out on dream daddy it at face value it seems like it's um like schlocky yeah some awful kind of rom com game but it's really fun it's really deep each character has their own traits and their own personality and you can play it as you want.
0: Beginner's Guide. That's the game I'm thinking of. Okay, so the Beginner's Guide, uh, which is made by the same... Um, it's Davey Redden, who's the creator of the Stanley Parable, which is another phenomenal indie game that if you haven't played, you should pick up.
1: Uh, both Also coming to Switch at some point.
0: Yep. Um, both of those are absolute must-plays, in my opinion. I think that they're like very... Um... They're games that are really good if you're like a, a big fan of the medium and want to understand it or like see it from a different angle. Uh, Kentucky Route, yeah. Kentucky Root Zero, another phenomenal indie title. Um,
1: also coming to Switch.
0: Yeah, which is still not finished, so you might want to wait for that one. Um, I wouldn't say that it's a sleeper hit by any stretch of the imagination, but I've always sung the praises of the Life is Strange franchise. If you haven't played that, please pick it up. Um, we'll take any opportunity I can to, to pimp that one. Uh, That's the Square Enix games. Published by Square Enix, yeah, but it's developed mm-hmm. by Don't Nod. Um except the prequel, which was made by um Deck Nine Studios. Um and is somehow just as good. Okay. Uh Party Hard, another indie game I really love. You play a serial killer and you need to kill people at a party. It's pixely though, so it's like not gross and weird. Um it's a great arcade game and it's super like fun and challenging.
1: Uh, that was one of my that was one of my favorite um missions in uh elder scrolls for oblivion oh yeah when you, the you assassin stuff you go to the yeah you go to the party and you're like it's a dinner party and one, one of us one of us here is a murderer we don't know which one it yeah. is and you're like killing them all off one after that's the other
0: that's a good one uh similarly one of my favorite levels in dishonored is the uh the one where you have to go to the party and like it's like a, you're murdering people in that game all the time so whatever
1: what's with bethesda on that? it's a
0: great game uh, that one's not a small game, but if you haven't played Dishonored, check it out. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to shout out is Three-Fourths Home, which is another like really sad, story-driven indie game. I love it. It's a good one. Check it out.
1: Okay. I saw Party Hard on the eShop, and I was like, what is this? It looks interesting. It looks a bit Hotline Miami. And I, and I, I didn't know like... it was on
0: the eShop. I'm definitely going to buy that again. I love that game.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's on Switch. It's really um... good.
0: DLC is pretty solid, too okay Check
1: i'm gonna out. pick that up then yeah i'm gonna have so many games in the backlog i'm not gonna play sure
0: yeah sure are yeah uh so thanks for that one ram um and if you want to be rad like ram and support us over on patreon uh you can patreon.com slash so uh oh and you can get our exclusive uh patron show after dark forgot to pick that one after <laughs> dark is is worth every penny i have to say it's a great podcast and i'm on it so that I'm not that confident in my this, stuff. This
1: one this week's fantastic.
0: The one we just yeah. just
1: recorded it. It's amazing.
0: The one we just recorded a tier. <laughs> so yeah, five bucks will get you access to that wonderful program. Um, that. So then this next one comes from Mr. Goobermania, another one from our Discord, uh, who asked, "What are your thoughts on Game Freak's decisions for Pokemon Sword and Shield, and could this be why their game Town has not been talked about? Do you think it may be delayed?" Um, so let's let's break this up one by one. What do I think about Game Freak's decisions for Pokemon Sword and Shield? Um, There's a lot of things I like about it. I was overwhelmingly positive about the decisions that they were making until the whole Galar Dex fiasco, but I talked about it the week after, about why I don't think that's as big big a deal as many people are making it out to be. So by and large, I feel positive about the decisions they're making. I really like the look of the open world stuff. um, And I think there's a lot of... There's just a lot of like stuff about the world I'm really interested in exploring. I Overall, I'm disappointed that it's not as much as a step forward as I wanted. But I think that it looks like there is actually some significant innovation for a change. Um, and it looks like it's a little less story-oriented than Sun and Moon were. So if, those, if both of those things hold true, even if it's not the full step that I want, I'm cool with a half-step. I love Pokemon. So that's fine
1: i'm i'm excited for uh, pokemon sword and shield and i i think it's always interesting because we have you which who's like obsessed with pokemon has played everything and then we have me and pixel who have played like two pokemon games in our lives insane to me uh, but still claim to love pokemon um i'm i think it looks great i'm not bothered about the pokedex i'd be absolutely fine just being able to catch a limited number of pokemon
0: yeah uh, I, I, my only concerns about it are long-term ramifications. I want those Pokemon in the post-game for competitive play, um, but as long as that comes eventually, we're fine. Which is the same thing that happened in Sun and Moon, same thing that happened in Gen three.
1: I'm not going to be playing anything competitive. But
0: for me, Steve, <laughs> for me, you, I know, you're supposed I, to know, care I, know I know, I know. I know. I didn't
1: even know competitive Pokemon play was an actual thing
0: until I became your friend. Yeah, and that's the problem. I want to stream Pokemon Showdown, but it's like technically like. You know, not it's n- illicit. Yeah, so I don't want Nintendo to like blacklist us because I'm like supporting it. So, um, but I love I love competitive Pokemon battling. Uh, okay, so then the other thing was, uh, could this be why town has not been talked about? Do you think it may be delayed? I absolutely think that town has been delayed, one thousand percent. They said it was a 2019 game, we haven't heard about it since they announced it, and Town was a working title, and they decided that they were going to cut Pokemon from Sword and Shield because they didn't have enough time to put them in. There's no way that all hands aren't on deck to make sure Pokemon hits release, and Town is going to be a 2020 game at best.
1: Yep, I I absolutely agree. Um, But I also think they could be reworking Town somewhat. Maybe it wasn't as fun as they thought. It could be that Pokemon needed to get out of the door, but they've obviously had two teams working on different games. Uh, they, they've probably got two games in production at any one time anyway. I, you know, I'd imagine Pokemon Sword and Shield was underway when they were working on Let's Go, for example. Sure,
0: yeah, yeah. I think that's that go, probably goes without saying. Um, and I think... I think you're definitely right because I think when you look at town there's been all these rumblings lately you know about how Game Freak really wants to be known for more than just Pokemon they want to do more than just Pokemon and I think there's a real chance that that they might pass development of the game off to a creatures or just another developer and like if if town like hits and is a big deal and like is a success, I think they might use that as their excuse to be like, "We're going to do new things and pass Pokemon off, and yeah. we're done with Pokemon for now." Which I would actually really be excited about. Me too. I think a fresh
1: face, uh, a fresh set of eyes on well, anything is always good. And like, but I think I don't that, want them to reinvent you know-
0: the wheel. Like keep battling as it is like the battles no work. i
1: kind of do want them to reinvent the wheel i want a breath of the wild style makeover and just go i
0: want that but you still have to have turn-based pokemon battles like that's a thing that
1: i'm not saying get rid of turn-based but you know make it fresh it doesn't have to follow the same linear path make it so you can go out and do whatever you want yeah. and go it, en- go anywhere i
0: 100 percent agree with you where that's concerned i want a breath of the wildization of pokemon In terms of rediscovering what the series can be and what its roots are and what it should be about. But I don't want, I don't ever want to move away from turn based battles. And anybody who does, doesn't play competitive. Um, So, and that's not like a snob. Or or doesn't like JRPGs. Yeah, that's not like me trying to be like, oh, you're like a casual. It's just like a, I'm cool with that as an idea, an action based Pokemon game, but I don't want that to replace the main series titles. That's not what they're about.
1: Have have any Pokemon games ever had like par- a party aspect to them? So like you know how in many JRPGs like Persona you assemble your party and each one gives their own Pokemon. Have you ever had that aspect in a Pokemon game where you can invite people to join your party oh. and then go
0: like 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 multiplayer? No,
1: like Persona you control five people.
0: Oh no, no. You can only, you you control one character and your party is your Pokemon.
1: You know? Yeah, I'd love, I'd love that aspect. I'd love a party, and so you you're think playing it as you if you're like that, the, you like the anime. So like, so it's like the anime, and I'm a something, and I've
0: got Brock, and I've got Missy, and blah blah blah. They're all coming along. You think you want that? That's what they did in Gens Five and Six, and it's terrible. And not that you control them, but it's just like there are groups of other, there are other characters having other characters ruins the game. It really does. It ruins the pacing. Oh,
1: okay. Uh,
0: and I, it's a thing i thought would be cool until they did it and i'm like this is it's terrible dialogue and it's not enjoyable like oh yeah i can see that it's, it's just bad it it's it's dramatic? like
1: okay maybe not then i thought it would be interesting yeah all right, yeah if okay. you played
0: if you played x and y and sun and moon you'd be like pass right. i'm excited because uh, um... it looks like there aren't going to be other characters in this one
1: uh yes but i do think the multiplayer aspect in the open area is going to be a big thing i'm
0: cool with that though that's different i mean like okay. npcs no
1: no npc story characters no. that come along for the ride i don't want that. okay right. no more
0: okay. than a rival you can have a rival okay. or like a friend that's fine any more than that and it gets too much all
1: right i'll move on to the next question um cyber b25 on twitter asks astral chain dot 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 you're welcome and followed up by max wright from loopbots.com now Pixel's not here to steer your minds in the wrong direction. What do you think about Astral Chain after the Treehouse demos and other previews? Has
0: nothing to do with Pixel. I don't like this game either.
1: Not interested. I I looked at the video, so I asked him to send us a video. I looked at the video he watched. Uh, he sent, I, I briefly looked, I'll be honest, I didn't really watch it in depth. It looks 100% like Bayonetta, and I really do not care about that game. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I don't see myself getting involved in it. Visually, this looks stunning and is set up to be one of the most aesthetically pleasing games on the switch if they can pull it off i love the neon i love the reflections and everything it looks great but um
0: gameplay wise i just don't care about this dude game. i just like I don't, i'm not impressed by the visuals either like i think it looks good but like it's it feels so generic like i can name like and and, and maybe this is just me being like because I, I have acknowledged that i'm not a big fan of platinum's games in general and i don't like their some of their business practices so like that is out there but i was turned off by actual chain by the trailer before the platinum logo came up came up so yeah me
1: too the like generic looking police officers exactly. and, so
0: take my yeah. like if you want to discount my opinion cuz i don't like platinum that's fine i respect that cool whatever my thing I, is
1: i've got no affiliation to platinum and i don't like the game I think either. it looks
0: generic i think it looks really generic i think it looks like it reminds me of like dot hack and like a bunch of other animes that have like that neo tokyo like vibe. Oh, okay. like it's just like yeah. it feels been there done that and i'm not interested in the game i just i don't care about it i
1: mean that's that's very of the moment though with cyberpunk and stuff coming around it's that that aesthetic is back around
0: cyberpunk feels like a new universe though like yes it does i I don't look at cyberpunk and think this looks like this 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 and this and this i think oh it kind of looks like blade runner but with like better tech and better like but it's so but it's not like it exactly you know like Mm -hmm. it's like yeah it's kind of got that lived in gritty vibe there is things that it's like but it's not it has its own flavor and its own identity And I don't feel like actual chain has anything that sticks out to me. Like, I remember like all the dialogue in the trailers is like super generic. And it's like, just like I can think of a million other battles or encounters I've been in, in a JRPG or a Japanese action game where there's like a boy character and a girl character. And they're like, oh no, oh my God, what are you doing? It's just like, it just feels so like, I get it. It's trite. And I don't mean to like shit on it if you're excited about it, but I'm just not. I got no hype for this one, so we'll bring on Max when it comes out and he can talk about it.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, it needs someone that likes this, likes this kind of game to, to do it. Which, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, not our yeah. thing. I've got nothing more to say about it. I tried Bayonetta, I really did. I've tried Devil May Cry. I don't like that either. I just don't like this style of game.
0: And I think the thing is, if I was gonna play a game like this, I would probably just play like a Devil May Cry or something. You know, like a- yeah. I don't care. All right. So next up, uh, we've got one from uh, Zaid at, um, I think that's how you say it anyway, right? I think so. Zaid. 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 Could be. Yeah. X-A-I-A-D. At Snack, so. <laughs> Um Yeah. At Snaxel. Last week, you guys discussed what was announced at E3, and it sounded like Pete and Pixel, uh, were, and we're paraphrasing here a little bit, um, but it sounds like they were disappointed from a lot of the things that they saw. So what were you disappointed by, and what would you have liked to have seen? Um so I was interested by this cuz I didn't feel like I was disappointed by E3. Um
1: maybe on the, maybe if he listened to the After Dark and um, we were talking about how in general we thought E3 was a bit lackluster this yeah, year. Yeah, and I
0: agree with that. I do think overall E3 was a bit like it was a soft year. And yeah. but I expected a soft year because we're in between console generations and we knew a lot of what we were going to see. There were a lot of leaks like I kind of expected that. So I think all things considered, like, I still enjoyed it, and I thought that there were a number of announcements I was really excited about. about. Um, but in terms of disappointed by, I would say I was most disappointed by the fact that Sony wasn't at the show. That was a, that was a hit. I really love Sony's conference every year. They, a lot of their...
1: Really? You really loved it last year in the church for some music, and then they go into the weird tent, and we see some footage of games they've already announced? It was dreadful. No,
0: I don't agree. I think the criticism of that was way overblown. Like, I thought it was not a, like oh, Sony stole the show this year. But, like, they showed off four games, but they were four games that, like, well, Death Stranding notwithstanding, that I was very interested in. So, like, getting a deeper look at The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima, you know, like, I was super interested in those games.
1: Yeah, fair so, enough. Like, I was excited You know, that. Like, but that could have easily been a state of play. We didn't, they didn't need to. Well, state of play didn't, didn't exist, exist at the time. Yeah. I know. It could have just been trailers online. They didn't need to drag everyone out to watch a music show.
0: But I, to me, like, I still wanted to... And there are pacing issues with it, whatever. I, we're not here to talk about that. It was weird. It was My it point was is, weird. I missed Sony's presence. I missed seeing yeah. Sony uh, games. Yeah. Sony's IP speaks to me a lot, so... that
1: Well, you've got PSX, so... Well, hopefully, they didn't do it to.
0: last year. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: maybe not then. They've got nothing. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, okay. That was my biggest disappointment. Other than that, it was mostly just what... Wasn't shown that I thought would be, you know, like there was a lot yeah, of Nintendo. You did, you did announcements. win the bingo. What's that? <laughs> oh, you did. You did win the bingo, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. you won. So yeah, you're all fine. Yeah. So I was, I was. It was. It was overall like I. I wouldn't say I wasn't massively disappointed uh in terms of what I would have liked to have seen. Um, I would have loved to get a look at like the next Horizon Zero Dawn. I would have loved to get a conversation from Sony about the PS5. Um, I would have loved to have seen pikmin 4 or a pikmin collection i would have loved to have seen animal crossing not get delayed other than that i'm pretty happy camper
1: i i agree with you i think it was a lackluster year in term or soft year as you say um i think though aside from nintendo no one else really got me excited yeah like the microsoft conference was where most of the their party stuff was shown off, and they probably had, outside of the Nintendo Direct, the best conference. There were some games in there, like um 12 Minutes, for example, and Cyberpunk 2077 that I was really excited for. I
0: gotta say, Square, I think, was also in that conversation for number two, because fi- that Final Fantasy seven demo
1: was... I, I don't give a crap about Final Fantasy or Avengers, so for me, it's... Uh... I don't know
0: how you didn't get something out of that demo, though. Like, I thought, like I was so skeptical about that game, but I thought it looked so good, like, I'm all in on... Uh, Final Fantasy? Yeah absolutely yeah it looks it looks great it but looks i'm great.
1: it's like the first two hours of the original game. no
0: it's like the first like 12
1: it's it, but it's like uh, when is that gonna be finished that will that'll be finished on like the ps8 oh come on whatever who cares
0: uh, people care people want to see the story yeah, i do too but like i don't care like whatever i waited i waited like 15 years for kingdom hearts 3 suck it up kids fair enough fair enough
1: yeah, but at least you got Kingdom Hearts 3 in one piece. It wasn't like, we've got, we've delivered Kingdom Hearts 3. Here's episode one, and you can expect episode no, two and could, three to, in six more years' but time. But you have to think
0: about it differently, because it's not that they're doing the same beats. It's like the first ten hours of the game extended into a 60-hour experience. And then they're going to do the next third of the game extended, and then the next third, you know? And I know. It'll be fine. I know. It's going to be a trilogy. It'll be fine. I know. It'll be know. fine. Right, okay,
1: fine. Are you going to check it out, then? Oh, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm really okay. excited about it. Like, I went from being... St- thinking it was vaporware that would never come out to being like day one purchase.
1: <laughs> okay good i'm hyped. Uh, <laughs> um i was disappointed by the number of jrpgs because yeah. they, they do nothing for i me. like
0: jrpgs but like f- all right enough's enough yeah
1: um and i would have liked to have seen more third-party support i thought Bethesda's third-party support which is usually fairly solid was we, it was just games we'd already seen give me new uh,
0: vegas on switch already I
1: that's never happening but why um, because Obsidian, they don't like acknowledging that they didn't even make that game.
0: Who cares? They own um, put
1: out. I need to take it. Fallout Three or Fallout Four. They could probably get it running. It'd be fine. I don't really want to play those. I want. I want New Vegas. I start playing that game on Xbox anyway.
0: Um, I saw.
1: Yeah, he's great. On Discord, it's really great. Um, I would have liked to see better third party support from them. Better third party support from Ubisoft. It was a bit. There was nothing, really, from Ubisoft this year other than Where does Just Raditz Dance. Do? Yeah, Just Dance on the Wii. Hooray, great. Okay, Yeah. move on. Seminar. Um Nothing from Square other than another Final Fantasy and another JRPG. I can't remember the name of that JRPG. Because they, no, they, they all look the same. Yeah. Yeah, you wrote the article on it, and you were like, Oh, I wrote this and it looked the same as it, the other ones.
0: Forgot I did it. <laughs>
1: So yeah, uh, I've just got JRPG fatigue, and I think part of it is the fact that all of the old Final Fantasies and um, all of the old JRPGs are coming to Switch. So it's just been one after the other, after the other, after the other. it's
0: like, enough's enough. Yeah. Oh, and Capcom,
1: seriously, sort your fucking pricing out. I don't want to spend £30 for every single Resident Evil that you've ever released. Yeah. Put them in a collection. Do the same thing you did for Devil May Cry. Why why didn't we get the Double May Cry HD collection on Switch? Why are you making us pay for them separately? Yeah. Anyway, that's another point. Moving on to the next question. Fowlers on Discord asks, Crash Team Racing versus Mario Kart 8 Deluxe.
0: So here we go. I was talking about this in the top. I said I was going to talk about it later. Yeah, um, I'm off.
1: I'll, uh, I'll, speak, I'll speak to you later, Pierre. You have a nice
0: time. <laughs> Just, uh... So the next 30 minutes of the show. No, all right. I'm, I'll keep it brief. Um... I like Crash Team Racing better than Mario Kart 8. I've decided. Uh, And I was on the fence about it because I was like, that's got to be nostalgia talking. Mario Kart 8 is like the best kart racer ever made. It has to be, doesn't it? I don't think so. Um, I think Mario Kart 8 is ubiquitous as a kart racer for a few reasons. One, the popularity of the Mario brand, right? The most fucking D-list Mario character is more popular than any character in the Crash Bandicoot franchise that isn't Crash Bandicoot. Fact. Um, Oh, yeah. Look at the outrage when Waluigi wasn't in Smash. Right. The iconography (laughs) of Mario as well is is ubiquitous. So those are things that are immediately accessible to anybody, especially if you don't play games. And then Mario Kart uh, is a game with a really fucking high floor and... Like a decent ceiling. You know, like there is a real skill to Mario Kart. You can be good at Mario Kart. I'm not trying to say that Mario Kart is like easy or bad. Um, but the difference between how difficult it is to be to play Crash Team Racing at a high level versus Mario Kart is not it's not even comparable. It's the difference between like Mario is a great platformer and Celeste is a great platformer. You know, like Mar- Crash Team Racing is difficult like the drifting mechanics this is you asked me about this earlier and i'll get into it mm. the drifting mechanics is the big thing because there's like a power slide thing right so you you and was this in the original game Because yes. drifting is very new to mario kart no and it was in the original game and the way that it works is in crash uh you you would always like you jump uh with the r1 or l1 right and then you have to turn to skid and do the drift like you would in mario kart but then you have to release it so if you it, and there's like a gauge so if you release it in the green you get a small speed boost if it's in the yellow it's a medium speed boost if it's in the red it's a big speed boost and you can do that up to three times so there's okay a whereas lot-
1: mario kart is you hold it on and there's the color of the sparks that come out as when right. you have to release it
0: yeah um, but there's no real
1: skill in holding it as you go around the corner.
0: Exactly. So then there's a lot of skill in getting the rhythm right of doing it in Crash. And the other thing is that uh, the items are I think A like better in general. There's a little more variety. And they're some of them are just like Mario Kart ripoffs, but some of them are, are a little bit different. And they are some of them are more like they're more versatile, like there are more weapons that have dual usage, I would say. Um, or at least a more prevalence, and there's not the randomness of something like the blue shell.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, so you don't feel like you're being penalized for being in first place for being dead no, at the game.
0: No, I feel like the best player is rewarded for by winning. Okay, which is
1: one of the main gripes I have with Mario Kart because that really, when I play with other people, is um, <laughs> it makes me sound like a bit of a dick for saying it, but that's the reason I lose is because yeah, of those those blue you're shells. The best. Yeah.
0: Right. And, I, and that sucks. Um, and like I said before, the thing with um, with Crash is that there's also a really robust adventure mode. And in the adventure mode, you unlock new characters and, like, skins now, which were not a thing in the original game, but that's cool. And, like, all these things that, you know... Are like, the
1: Spyro skins open yet?
0: No, and Spyro's a playable character, but you unlo- you're unlock you going to oh. unlock him in an online event that they haven't done yet. Okay. Um, but the adventure mode is, like, good, and it's hard. Like, if you, like, playing on medium difficulty, you have to get first place in every race to get a trophy and keep advancing, and it's difficult. Like, there are some races that I had to do over 10 times just because it's tough, and that's on medium. On hard, it's, like, fucking crushing, so it's, like, it's it's just a good, tight kart racer. And I, I really just prefer it to Mario Kart in every way, except for the IP. But I really like Crash. Some of his supporting characters are really are really cool and unique. It has a way different flavor. And it's way more Saturday morning cartoon. Like there's cool stuff that happens that doesn't happen in, in Mario Kart. And um like when you get like you know how like when you get hit by something in Mario Kart, you like wipe out? Yeah. Like you get like if there's like a big there's like a big barrel in some levels that you could get rolled over by and it'll like crush you and you get flattened and you like drive around like a Looney Tune and you kind oh, of like pop back up yeah. like stuff like that. And the music is fucking awesome. Not that Mario's music isn't. But Crash has great music as a franchise. So there's a lot to love. And I think if you really like kart racers and you want something that's like satisfying to play on your own. Crash Team Racing. Yeah. And from a multiplayer perspective, it's it's I'd say it's just as good.
1: And it's got online on Switch. It does. Okay, good.
0: I've heard it. Ha- it's had some server problems, so I haven't played I online yet.
1: But I can believe that. Yeah, it's Switch online <laughs> and well, It's not just Switch
0: either. <laughs> I think it's just the game online is not uh, okay. very okay. good right now. So yeah. that's my diatribe. Um I'm actually working on a feature about this very subject. So keep your eyes peeled for that one on Leapots.com. Might turn it into a video as well. YouTube.com/slash Leapots. So next up is uh, from Asobi over on our Discord, who asked, when do you guys think we'll see another Direct? Also, let Pixel know I'm waiting for a new Pikmin, or at least a port 2. Gotta believe! We're holding out hope for that one, Asobi and Pixel. Um, So when do we think we'll see another Direct? I think soon. I think August at the latest. (laughs) No. In July. Yeah, I I was going to say, I think July. We haven't had one for Fire Emblem yet, have we? No but well no we did actually we oh, had the okay. full one i don't think we'll have one for fire emblem but i think we'll have one for w- one of the games that's coming in september
1: yeah well i i think we'll get one in july i think they'll i think everyone's like oh the switch is just going to drop it's going to just a random announcement on twitter or it's going to be a press release i can't see that the switch is valuable to them and they've got people hooked on the N- nintendo direct they juice. did that
0: with the 3ds though i don't know man it could. It, I'm not saying it couldn't come in a direct. I'm not saying it's definitely going to. But I think a July direct. I agree with you. I think that that makes sense. But yeah. I think if not, even I even if it's a summer
1: Nindy highlights. Yeah. I w- would. you want because they they even though they did indie dance uh at- uh, treehouse i thought they were going to actually do some announcements at the indie day and they didn't it was no. um it was just entirely showcasing the games they'd already spoken about and announced
0: and they do one of those nindy things like pretty much once a quarter yes they so do, it's a yeah. safe bet to say that if we don't get a proper direct for one of those games that's on the horizon yeah a nindy seems likely
1: the the nindy summer showcase uh came last year in august mm-hmm. um but i i do think we'll get something in in july
0: I agree, uh, but that's where I got August from, was I remembered that from last year, and I'm like, okay. that it could slide in there right away. But it could also yeah. be both. It's yeah, we could, get a, we
1: could get a Direct in July, and then... An, we could get a Mini Direct. Well, do you remember, we had the um, the EU Nintendo Indie Switch highlights, whatever the hell it was, and then it was the Nindy Showcase that the American... Uh, N- Nintendo America did, like, a week later. It was like, yeah. wow, okay,
0: how many games have you got coming out on the Switch? Right. Yeah, and... and month i don't know that there's ever been two back-to-back month to month but there have been a number of like ones that were like really close like like yeah. we had just had a big event and then we got the fire emblem direct like immediately afterwards almost you know so it's like it's not it's not unheard of so i think i think before the end of the summer for sure we. all right so this is going to be the last one before we wrap up see if you want to read this one yeah, sure. So uh, Jake
1: lineham over on Twitter says, "What are your most anticipated games for the Switch coming in 2019? Uh, give an example of one first-party, one third-party, and one indie game."
0: It's a fun. It's a fun little game. Hmm. So I think let's do this like one one at a time. Okay. So, th- so yeah. that we're not sitting here thinking. So I think for first-party, uh, my number one is Pokemon. Pokemon's, like, one of my favorite franchises, and, like, even when it's doing nothing new, I'm still excited for it. I'm excited for new Pokemon. I'm excited for a new region. I'm excited to get back into competitive, like, even though I'm still playing it all the time. Um, You know, I, like, I love Pokemon, and Pokemon is a thing that, like, sincerely elicits a lot of joy from me you know i come at yeah. pokemon from a very sincere place even when i'm critical of it it really is a thing that i i love a lot i have a lot of love in my heart for well you're
1: so. critical of it because you do
0: love it so much and you yeah you're and nitpicking i, at the I know it could be better too yeah um so yeah i so that's a it's got to be pokemon there are other games i'm sure i'll enjoy more than pokemon but nothing gets me excited like pokemon gets me excited mine is
1: uh link's awakening I cannot wait.
0: I have a sneaking suspicion that's going to be my game of the year.
1: I think it probably will be mine, too.
0: At least um, at least for Nintendo. Yeah. I, I
1: No, I think it'll be my game of the year for... I haven't really played anything on other platforms this year that came out this year that I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so far, Cadence is my favorite game there's, of the
0: year. There's some heavy hitters coming later this year, though, so we'll have to see. But Yeah. But I I think Link's Awakening is a strong game of the year contender for me. Yeah. That is another one that I have so much nostalgia for, and it's also a very good game.
1: Yeah, my my boyfriend's very much like Forward to it. This was his
0: this was his first Zelda game. Wait
1: wait what? This is my boyfriend's first Zelda game, the me too. original on the Game Boy.
0: Yeah. Yo, me too, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Link's Awakening bros. Mm-hmm. Give him, give him a high five on my behalf for that one.
1: I will do. Yeah, you are. Well, you two would get along very well, both ocarina uh,
0: boys. <laughs> I, ah, um... Oh, we have great taste in men too. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, you thought I was going to make it a dick, and I turned around and made it a compliment. Look at that.
1: <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. The, the whole dungeon building aspect, being able to pick up the cards and then, like, put pieces together and do the speed runs through that looks awesome. Yeah. The visual aesthetics totally new. It looks amazing. I cannot wait to get my hands on that Link's Awakening amiibo. He's just so adorable.
0: Yeah, he's precious. Okay, so third party. I don't even know what's coming out. Oh, Doom! Doom Eternal really doom eternal yeah definitely i don't know if i'll play it on switch but i love that game so mm, i really liked it i like well i didn't play too much of doom 2016 but i played like i played, played like probably half of it and i really enjoyed it um but something else came and stole my attention away so i'm excited to get back into this because that e3 demo was like hot fire
1: so you're not going for um astral chain
0: no i'm not gonna play astral chain <laughs> are you i'm are you gonna pick Witcher three is that yours
1: um yeah for for big triple a games yes yeah. as in non um non-indies yeah, yeah.
0: so when what what indie what indie is my most anticipated hmm
1: there's a tough one
0: yeah because i mean there's so many good indie games that come to the switch i need to like look at a list and see like what's imminent yeah like i feel like every other month there's like a pretty compelling indie game that comes out oh yeah yeah absolutely like uh the the indies are the reason the switch is
1: so successful
0: yeah i agree i think the funny thing is though a lot of times i'm not like super anticipating an indie they catch me off guard you know like oh yeah that looks great and then i get it yeah like oh here's cuphead because like i don't have an obvious choice right now but i know that there's a game i've seen in one of these dream daddy of course Oh, that might be honestly a, a a good contender just because, like, I know I'm very excited. I to, really kind of uh, uh, like,
1: yeah. I I can answer what pixels would be. I think it's probably um the new Hollow
0: Knight. Oh I, yeah, definitely, it's got to be for him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I think
1: no. Go ahead. Did you have one? Uh, I'm excited for
0: Untitled Goose Game. That's definitely what I'm interested in as well. It's, if it does
1: come out in late 2019, which they're still saying it will, uh, it's, it's got, it, I think this could be, well, one of my games of the year.
0: Oh, you know what I would say mine are? I have two good picks now that I'm looking at a list. Uh, very interested in Mineko's Night Market. Yeah, that looks good. That looks cute. And uh, Shovel Knight King of Cards. Oh, Shovel Knight, yeah. That's another one I like a lot. Uh, and Kentucky Route Zero was a game I shouted out early. Earlier, um, if it actually finishes this year, that would be I cool. D- I don't think Kentucky Route Zero TV edition is out this year. No, it's on the list, but I think it's gonna get delayed. Yeah. Um. Oh, and Crosscode. That's another one I'm really interested oh, in. Oh, is that coming 2019? That's what it says. I don't oh, know if yeah, it will. I'm, but... I'm
1: really excited for that. It should do.
0: It's you know, it's a finished game. Also, Super Meat Boy Forever. I love the original yeah. Super Meat Boy. I'm interested to give that one a shot. Um, like, I'm I'm done with endless runners. Like, eh. yeah. I mean, I I don't like that change, but I I it's more that like I like the first IP or the first entry. Yeah. So like I'm gonna give it a shot. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I can get, it. That's, I get it. that's enough. I gave like way more answers than I needed to for that one. Just because again, there are so many compelling. It's, it, uh,
1: it's impossible to say that's why we have a list of favorite games every year when we do like a Christmas podcast. Um, it's just too difficult to come up with one game
0: that yeah. you liked. Yeah, it's tough. So thanks for that one. Uh, that one came from, I think I said already, but just in case I didn't Jake line them over on Twitter. Um, so yeah, thank you to all the potsheads who wrote in this week. Uh, I love answering your questions on the air. Um, especially on a slow news news week like this one. I was afraid we wouldn't have much of a show and instead we ran really late. So um, let's go. Uh, We'll wrap this one up. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us here on episode 31 of the podcast. Uh, I got to start remembering to do the plugs earlier in the show um, because I haven't done that in a few weeks. So I'm going to do them right now. Uh, If you want to support the show, you can get us on any audio podcast platform. You know, we're pretty much everywhere. If we're not, somewhere that you want us to be uh let us know and we'll get there um but we're available all over so find the show where you like it and listen and show your support give a like on your platform of choice uh And share the show with your friends. If you you have a a gamer in your life who's a Nintendo fan and uh, you think they might enjoy our show or our content the way that you do, please let them know we're out here. Uh, That's really the best way you can help the show is to just spread the word. Um, If you'd like to help the show even more, go above and beyond like Ram did. You can jump over to lootpots.com slash Patreon and show us your support there. Get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark. We have episode 8 up this week, and Steve and I had a ball talking about, like, strawberries and politics. And that show gets weird, but it's good content. Uh, so I hope you'll go check it out. Uh, and then you can also join our Discord, which we mentioned earlier, which is great, full of awesome pots heads just like you who enjoy talking about the world of video games, not just Nintendo, but mostly Nintendo over there, uh, and all kinds of stuff. So come and join the community. Get involved. Come meet some cool people who share your hobbies um, just like we do. And talk to us because we're in there all the time. And then last but not least, you can follow us on uh, social media, specifically Twitter at LootPots, or visit us at LootPots.com for all your Nintendo news and review needs. And with that, we're signing off. See you next week, babies.